Hey, everybody. This is number nine, episode number nine. Just a few announcements this morning. We just want to say welcome to He's Not Done Yet. A new episode releases every Friday at 6 a.m. on Spotify, Google Podcast, and YouTube. Then it airs on Sunday morning, 10 to 11 a.m. on Victory Radio Station, 100.9 FM in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links can be found on our website. Please go to our website. It's he's not done yet.com. He's not done yet. Com. Feel free to reach out for prayer, miracles, uh, Texas uh, at 501-339-8017. That's 501-339-8017. Well, what we want to do now is, is start out with prayer uh, for our show today and that uh, uh, any prayer uh, requests, uh, we want to thank y'all for joining. Y'all join in with us. Lord, we love you. We praise you today, God. We're so honored that you would allow us to do this, Lord, that we that we could ask that uh, you would come down and touch somebody, Lord, that, uh, that, that needs to hear this today. And God, we're so thankful and we're honored. And uh, we just want to pray for your loving favor, Lord, and the Name of Jesus, amen. This morning's scripture comes from Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened.
Come on, if you're thankful for the Holy Ghost, why don't you clap your hands?
I just want to let you know we have a special guest uh, coming up today. Uh, we're going to hear from a special uh, friend of mine, somebody that I look up to. Um, he is a mentor, my hero. Um, he is a, a, a very successful businessman. He is a um, he is a politician. He has uh, been in government, and uh, he has been so um, instrumental uh, in my life. Um, you know, he's he's taught I can't tell you numerous of classes. Um, the personal growth class. And, uh, you know, uh, if you ever get a chance, you know, we'd love for you to visit our church. You know, it's uh, the First Pentecostal Church. It's at 1401 Calvary uh, and in North Little Rock, Arkansas. You're more than welcome. We have church at uh, 1030 and on Sunday morning and then at 7 on Sunday night. And then on Tuesday night, we have um, uh, our midweek service, and it starts at 7 but we also have a, you know, a lot of people don't know that we have a college at, at our church, and it's Truth College at The Rock. And um, we also have classes, uh, you know, personal growth classes, and and um, and uh, these can be, uh, you can watch these on, um, uh, on the church's website, fpcnlr.com. And uh, feel free to go there. But uh, and the reason why, uh, not only do I want you to go there, but Brother Clifton and his good wife, Sister Shirley Clifton, have taught these classes over the years, and it blessed uh, so many people that uh, listen to these classes. And uh, and so we're going to be really, really blessed today. And. Uh, we're going to welcome Brother Clifton, and Brother, you just obey the Holy Ghost, and we look forward to, to, to what you've got for us today, and thank you so much for, for being on. He's not done yet. I've been asked to talk today a little bit about forgiveness, and uh, it's a story that I want to tell you that changed my life. I know all of you. We sit around and, and in church, we can hear people so talk about the miracles in life and, and talk about the things that God's done for you. And you hear people talk about those things and you, you may wonder yourself, well, you know, nothing like that's ever happened to me or, or things like that is, is for someone else. But until it happens to you, all you can do is hear about them and think about them and dream about them. But I promise you, if you start preparing yourself now for your graduation day, you'll get to experience some of those very same things for yourself, as I did. My story of forgiveness comes about by our bishop, one Sunday, many years ago, he got up and preached a message about forgiveness. And I was sitting back there on my pew, and I was hearing that message, and man, it came to my mind, oh, that's you. Bishop is talking to you. God put 
the words in Bishop's mouth for my ears and my brain to hear and comprehend. So it's up to me to do what I'm going to do with that. So I purposed in my mind at that point that I would take that and use it God intended for me to use. I didn't know how it was going to work out in the future. I didn't know what would happen in the future, but I knew that that day, at that point in time, that that message was for me and for me to do something with it. As Pastor said, do with it as you will. You can take it and use it for the good, or you can listen to it and let it pass through this ear and out the other and do nothing with it and lose that opportunity. So I want to start back <clears throat> at my graduation a long time ago. I and uh, my wife, I got married whenever I was in high school. We had a little baby girl. And she was a precious little thing, like all parents. Love your children, love your child. Well, uh, for many years, uh, people that we, we were in school and everything, they always said, well, Norman is the only guy that graduated high school that had his baby watch him graduate. And that was true. It's not something that now I'm real proud of, but at the time, we loved our little baby girl. We raised our little baby girl. She went on and she actually went a couple of years in Calvary. Back then it was Buckeye Christian School, but she actually went a couple of years uh, Calvary Academy back many years ago. Well, came on life, surrounded us. We uh, watched her grow, watched her turn into a beautiful young lady watched her go to school, watched her just evolve into young ladies like y'all are now, into a beautiful little girl. Along about that time, <clears throat> I had gotten to the point where I thought I knew more about life and things than my parents did, so I had quit going to church, except on Mother's Day and Easter. I would always go for my mother. Well, along about all in there, well, there was a guy that uh, I had met, and I thought he was my friend. And we ran around together. We worked together some. We talked together. We did a lot of things together. Well, along about somewhere along in that time, I don't know exactly when, but my daughter had gotten to the point that she was 26 years old. She was still a beautiful girl. Everybody loved her. She was just so outgoing and friendly and all kind of things. Well, uh, one day I looked around and this friend of mine that was my age 
had some way or another slipped in the hen house. And what that means, he had slipped in some kind of way and talked to her and got her mind changed to where she would date him. And like I say, he was my age. And it was very, very, very inappropriate for them to be together. And, and it just broke my heart. And needless to say, that guy ceased to be my friend because he was taking my precious little daughter and, and teaching her things that I didn't want her to see and to know and to do. And one of the terrible things that he did is he got her addicted to drugs. So it came on and came on and came on and whenever I really found out about it, I brought her home and I told her, I said, do not mention that man's name to me. I don't ever want him around me. I hate him with everything there is in my heart, but I still love you. I don't want to cut myself off from you. I want you to be able to come home. I want us to be able to communicate and fellowship together like we always have, because you're my precious daughter. You're one of the, the main things in my life that I love. But do not mention that man's name. Well, needless to say, I wasn't in church, and oh, I had such a hate for that man. And I actually, actually, and I don't know whether I should be as graphic as this, but I actually thought about killing that man. And that's a thought that you in the sixth grade can start preparing yourself in your mind to never entertain thoughts like that. We know that when the devil puts a thought like that in our mind, we are to grab that thought and cast it away immediately because that's the powers of darkness getting in your mind and you let them keep rolling over and rolling over and rolling over in your mind, who knows? You might even act on some crazy thoughts like that sometime. And you don't want that, but, but I did. I, I just really, 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 really thought about that, thought about it, and I just... Oh, man, I just hated that. And I would see him going down the street sometimes, and, and oh, just a hate welled up in my heart, something terrible. Well, uh, then a long time, this, my daughter took her life, and it just broke my heart. She took a pistol, put it to her head, and shot and killed herself. Because, number one, she was on drugs. And number two, this man had told her to leave. I don't want, don't want you anymore. And so it, and I'm sure in her mind, it, it devastated her mind. As it would most people when you break up or something like that. 
So that transpired in 1987. And I wasn't in church. And oh, as much as I hated that man before, you can just imagine how much more I hated him after my daughter took her life. And I just, it just eat at me all the time, all the time. Well, I remember when that happened, uh, Brother Holmes preached her funeral. We had a funeral at church. I was always still a friend to the church. I would still come on Mother's Day and Easter with my mother. And I always respected Brother Holmes and respected the church, loved the church, helped any time in any kind of way that I could. So I always had a closeness that I held with the church. So when my daughter took her life, it, it just eat at me all the time. And, and, and I just thought, man, you know, what would it be like to be in church? And I would think to myself, I can't live that Pentecostal lifestyle. I can't do that. My idea of being in church was you go home every night and you sit down, you read your Bible, and you go to church on Sunday, and that's all you do. That's what my idea of being in church was. How little did I know? We, being in church, have the best life. We get things to do. We get to go places. We eat. We fellowship together. Oh, just think of all the good things that you get to do being in church that a lot of people miss out on by not getting to be in church. So I, I would think about that. I mean, man, you know, I just, I just can't live like that. So I would go on all, and then sometime at night, I would lay there in bed, and I would think, man, what would it be like to be in church? not to have these terrible, dark thoughts rolling through my mind of killing this man and, and crazy things that, that the devil puts in your mind if you open up your mind to let him come in and give you all that crazy stuff. Thank the Lord that we have a good Christian school that you get up, Every day of class, you get to read Bible scripture. You get Bible training. They don't get that in public schools. And it's just so crazy that they don't. But when we were in school, we, we did get to listen to Bible scripture. But they cut it out years ago. So you, there, there's so many <clears throat> benefits that you, this sixth grade class, get that so many don't get. So anyway, I, was, I would think those thoughts and, and I would think about ways that I could kill that guy and get by with it. Because, you know, obviously you don't want to go to prison. You don't want to uh, do things to, to get yourself in trouble. So you're, you're thinking. The devil is putting all this kind of stuff in your mind, the ways that you can do it. 
Have, who has ever saw a fly trapped in a jar or a glass with a lid over it? Seeing how it flits around, it doesn't ever stay still, does it? It just jumps and runs and moves. Well, that's exactly how I later on saw how my mind was. Because when I was laying there at night, harboring those terrible thoughts of killing someone, taking someone's life, somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I got to thinking about church. And I'd say, well, if I was in church, like those people, you Pentecostals, if I was in church, I wouldn't have those kind of crazy thoughts. It would be good. I could live the good life like that I saw Brother Dean Martin, Brother Holmes, uh, Brother Dale Seipert, uh, and, and other people living that kind of Pentecostal life. I thought, man, if I could just get it like that, I'd have it made. And I'd come back and I'd say, well, I, I can't live that kind of life. So I would just think, but anyway, I, I, that thought come back to me later, that fly in a glass, whenever I started thinking about the Lord, that's what I reminded myself of, that fly in a glass, just because the devil went crazy whenever I started thinking about the Lord. It was just like he was in my mind, just all over my mind, doing any and everything to detract me from thinking about the Lord. So I realized that, and I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, I didn't know how to react to it. I just knew that Pentecostal people had something that I wished that I had that I didn't think that I could do. So it went on, it went on, it went on for three years thinking about things like this and wondering about it and thinking about being in church and thinking about how to, to, to put myself in a position to be in church. But I couldn't ever figure out uh, the way to do it. So I would just go on and go on. I'd be out somewhere having dinner at night or something, and I'd see someone from the church, and of course I'd wave at them and would say hi, things like that. And uh, I would just always think that, man, if I could just, Lord, if you'd just let me step over the line, and I'd have the Holy Ghost and have what they had, I wouldn't have to worry about giving up my TV and giving up the movies and giving up this and giving up that. I wouldn't have to worry about the hardness and the problems of doing that. I could just step over that line and instantly have the Holy Ghost and have all the benefits of the Holy Ghost. But I just didn't see how I could do that. So one day, uh, In 1989, this is almost three years later, that 
my mind was like the fly in the glass moving around. Uh, my mother and daddy had a little prayer meeting at their house on the first day, January the 1st of every year. And they would always invite my wife and I to come. And we'd never come because, you know, we, we had to go to the ball game and, and New Year's Day and all such stuff like that. But anyway, my wife and I had been arguing. And I was trying to make amends. I was trying to... Uh, get her to like me again, <laughs> you might say. So she says to me, she said, well, what are you going to wear? I said, where? She said, down Papa's, mother and daddy's, for the prayer meeting. I said, well, okay, I'll just put pants and shirt on. We'll go. Well, I did. That day, little did I know what God had in store for me, we went to that little old prayer meeting that day. And there was about eight or 10 little ladies sitting around, a couple of men and their husbands sitting around. And whenever I mentioned a while ago that I would see people out in restaurants and, and speak to them, and they would always invite me to church. And I'd say, my stock answer, well, thank you. Maybe I'll have sense enough to come and get in church before it's too late for me. That was always my stock answer, putting everybody off, putting them off. So that day, they went around the room, these little ladies, we were all sitting kind of in my parents' uh, kitchen and dining area together. We were all sitting in chairs around the room. And they started around that room, each little lady giving her little testimony about how God's been good for, oh, I've, I've been in church, I've been serving the Lord for 40 years, 20 years, and 35 years, and he's never failed me yet. He's been good to me. And I, I listened to all that, and I'd say, yeah, man, I wish that I could have that. Well, I want you to know, God's plan that day was for Norman to be able to step over that line. I didn't realize it. I didn't know it. When it got around to me, I stood up to say, well, I hope that I'll be able to get in church before it's too late for me. And I didn't get a chance to say it all. I got halfway through it, and the power of the Lord hit me, and I knelt right down right there in an old kitchen chair and started praying. And I prayed, 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 prayed. Finally, I looked over, and my wife was over in another chair praying. These little ladies, they were gathered around us like we do at the altar, just like it is right now. Guys, that was 30, in just a few days, that was 33 years ago for me. And they were doing it then, just like they do it now when we go down to the altar. So anyway, uh, finally we kind of quit and things. And, and um, my mother, she was just so happy for me. And other people, they were happy that I prayed. And uh, 
I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. But I'm tired of living like I'm living. And I want a change in my life. And I'm ready for you, Lord, to give me that change. So we got in the car and we started home. And my wife says to me, well, what are you going to do now? Who remembers the message pastor preached last night? Yes. You turned? You turned? Anybody else? No U-turns? Amen. That's it. You turned and went to no U-turns. That's right. Man, that's great. Y'all were listening. Y'all were paying attention. And you're exactly right. That's what he preached about. My wife asked me that question. What are you going to do now? Let me tell you what I said. I remembered all those times when I asked the Lord, Lord, just let me step over that line and have it so I don't have the problem of giving up and giving away and all that stuff. Lord, just let me step over that line and have it. <clears throat> I said to her, well, I've never been this far before, so I'm not going back. And to me, that solidified or solid, put a solid foundation in my heart to God, you've let me get this far and you've done what I ask you to do. So I'm not going to go back. So my little aunt was there. You probably don't remember it, but a little lady named Aunt Goldie, who was some of your kinfolks from a long time back, and yours, she was there, and she called Brother Holmes. Well, Brother Holmes called me later that afternoon and said, Brother Clifton, I heard the wonderful news. I said, man, let me uh, ask you to be in church with us. I said, yes, sir, Brother Holmes, I plan on being there. So I came, and we had church. Revival broke out. Me and my wife got the Holy Ghost. Oh, it was so awesomely incredible, the feeling that I had and knowing what God had done for me. Well, anyway, it came on, came on, came on. Well, about two years later, I'm getting back to my story of this man that I hated. Y'all remember him? Y'all remember why I hated him? Yeah. Brother Holmes, one day, he was preaching a message. And oh man, when we got in church, and I got to listening to Brother Holmes. Man, you talking about opening up your mind. Oh, my Lord, there was nothing like anything I had ever experienced before. And I feel like in my other life, 
I did a lot of things. I, I went a lot of places. I saw a lot of things. I, I heard a lot of people speak and just on and on and on of worldly things that people do in the world. But man, when I got to hear Brother Holmes on a daily basis almost, it was just incredible. He invited us to prayer. I said, well, yeah, I go to prayer. What, what, when do you do it? He said, well, Brother Clifton said, we, we start out about 6 o'clock in the morning, and it goes till about 9, usually, and people come in and drop in, drop off, things like that. And I thought to myself, my goodness, how in the world am I going to pray no hour? I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe that. Well, the first time we did, I, I laid there in the bed and I said, Lord, if you want me to go to this prayer meeting, because I, I was always a, 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 a late sleeper. I didn't like to get up till around 7.30 or 8 o'clock. I didn't mind working all night, but I didn't get, like to get started in the daytime. I said, Lord, if you want me to go to this prayer meeting, you wake me up. And from that day forward, Anywhere between 6 and 6.15, my eyes would pop wide open. And I, well, Lord, you tell me to get up and go pray. So that's what we did. And with that, it started a 33-year relationship with God and, and, and living for the Lord and loving the Lord. Oh, so, so, so many things happen. One quick thing, you hear uh, talking about jewelry and, and, and makeup and things like that. Well, I, my wife had a ring just about on every finger. And I had a big Masonic ring that I had custom made for myself. It had a big diamond in it. She had diamond watches and I had rings and we had jewelry and she had makeup and she this and she that and all kind of stuff like that. Well, she said, what are we going to do about that? And I said, well, I don't think that that's required. I believe that we can go right to church, love church, love the Lord. We can wear our rings and we can wear our watches. You can wear your makeup. You can wear your tight blue jeans and everything. That's what I said. That's what I thought. But the second night that we went to a 6 o'clock prayer meeting before church, I was in the prayer room. I held my hands up, and a light caught that diamond ring. And I said, oh, Lord, you don't like that ring. And I took it off, and I put it in my pocket. I put my other ones in my pocket. We came and sat down in church that night. I looked over there, and my wife didn't have any rings. Her diamond watch was gone. Where's your jewelry? She said, when I had my hands up, I just felt like 
that the Lord didn't like that. So I took them off and I put them in my purse. And that's how the Lord cleansed us from jewelry, things like that. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, that's just one of the little sidelights that you hear about things like that and things God does for you. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Well, I'm sorry, I'm getting off my track. I want to get back to this guy that I hated. I was sitting in church one Sunday morning. Brother Holmes preached a message about forgiveness. And it smote me so hard. Oh, Lord, how can I forgive this guy? How can I do this? Brother Holmes preached to get forgiveness for what you've done. You have to give forgiveness for what somebody else has done to you. I just couldn't, just, 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 just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see myself doing it. I got up out of church and went home. And I was thinking about that, thinking about that. And I went and picked up the telephone. And I called that man. And I said, this is Norman Clifton. And it so surprised him. And he said, yes. I said, I want you to know that my pastor preached to me today about forgiveness. And I want you to know that I forgive you for all the things that I feel like that you've done to me. And I feel like you're a cause of my daughter taking her life. I forgive you of that. It's, it's all for me. Now, you do with it as you wish. But I, for me, I forgive you. And it's no longer a thought in my mind anymore. And I want you to know that you can come and be in our church and come and be in church and be in church with me and we can get along and go to heaven together. And he said, uh, 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 uh. he just didn't know what to think. And he hung up. I heard later through various friends of ours that he had called them and told them what happened. And he just couldn't believe it. He just couldn't think. So anyway, thank you, Jesus. That cleared my heart that I could forgive and that I wouldn't hold grudges against people and that I wouldn't harbor thoughts of revenge, things like that. God did that for me that day. And I don't know, maybe it was a few months later that one of the ladies organized a pastor appreciation day and asked four or five different people to get up and say what the pastor, what you appreciate your pastor for. And I took the microphone and Brother Holmes was sitting right here on the front pew. And I walked down and I said, well, I love my pastor because he told me forgiveness. And it opened up my heart to where I could forgive others. So that's what my pastor means to me. And that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say to y'all today. Man, just grab a hold of those 
dark thoughts if you ever get them, and hopefully you won't ever. Hopefully your mind will stay pure as it is right now in the sixth grade. Hopefully it'll stay like that. And it can stay like that if y'all, if y'all will keep yourselves clean and pure and do the right thing. Listen to your pastor. Listen to your teachers. Watch one another. Help one another. Stand together as one. Y'all are in the sixth grade class and Sister Marks' class here. Y'all will remember this all your days of your life. I remember when I was in the sixth grade, if you can believe it. Roy Rogers was the cowboy, and cowboys and Indians were what we played. It's, it's different, different world, different things. But you're going to remember this day, and hopefully somewhere down the line in your career, you're going to remember old Brother Clifton standing there. Maybe it's going to be a point in your life when you're going to really not like somebody. I don't want to say hate anymore because we don't hate. But you're going to not like somebody. And you'll remember old Brother Clifton standing up. Said, oh, man, run those dark thoughts out of your mind. Stay on the do's and don't get on the don'ts. And one thing that I always like to say, and your brother is one of the ones you can go and ask him, say, what does Brother Clifton always say? You know what he'll say? If it is to be, it's up to me. And that's the way it is with you. If it is to be, it's up to you. Thank you all very, very much. You may have questions, and uh, just like when Peter preached the message, and uh, they asked him, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. We are so thankful, and um, my pastor is fixing to sing a song, and it's called Worth.
So you cleaned me up inside 